been here before. This is the Institute of World Politics. We are a graduate school of statecraft and foreign affairs. And I work for this graduate school in the capacity of public outreach and event hosting. So if you have any further questions in regards to the facility, just feel free to ask me. And I'm more than happy to oblige or point you in the direction of someone who would know. Um, today is my uh, great uh, pleasure and privilege to introduce a student speaker. We haven't had a student speaker in a few weeks now. so. I'm sure what he has to say will be uh, enlightening and, um, and distinct from many of our other events. And so uh, today, our speaker is Tibor Babich. Did I get the last part right? Yeah, that's I'll right. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> um, he will be speaking about Slovenia. And uh, I uh, am not terribly familiar with that part of Europe, but I don't doubt that it is relevant in the discussion, the broader discussion that um, Tibor will be talking about today with regards to the standoff in Russia and the West and how exactly a country like Slovenia is dealing with the situation. So uh, with that, I'm going to throw it over to you. I just want to say one more thing that we will be recording today and uh, we hope to keep the atmosphere collegial. So if and when you ask questions, uh, will there be questions and answers? Yes, absolutely, okay. absolutely. If and when there are questions, just state your name and your affiliation and that will be all. So without further ado, please welcome Tibor to the, the stage. Thank you so thank much. You. appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Uh, thank you very much for coming. Uh, it's my pleasure to talk here today. Uh, unfortunately, the professor who uh, invited me to make the talk today couldn't make it. But um, I'm very glad he organized uh, the talk. And I'm uh, very happy to speak here today. Uh, so just a little bit about myself. Um, I was born in Maribor. Uh, after graduating high school, I went to Vienna to study political science. And after that, I decided for IWP because my long-time goal was uh, diplomacy, international relations. Uh, and uh, I think IWP is a great school to uh, pursue uh, my goal. Uh, so uh, just give me a minute, please. So for uh, all of you who uh, don't know, uh, but uh, I already got a good introduction, um, I'll talk about Slovenian political developments um, and Slovenian NATO troop deployment to uh, the Baltic states. Uh, First, I would like to talk a little bit about Slovenia. Where Slovenia is, is in Central Europe. Uh, it's a small country about the size of New Jersey with two million people. Uh, Slovenia, uh, oh, and please, if you have any questions, uh, just interrupt me and uh, I'll try to answer it. So Slovenia uh, is part of the European Union and NATO since 2004. Uh, NATO, uh, so actually uh, NATO and the vast majority of the people decided for NATO and uh, the European Union and Slovenia is one of uh, many states who is dedicated to the European Union whereby on the other hand there's also a question how the European Union can um, take over sovereignty of uh, nation states in Europe. Uh, I would uh, because I'm already talking about this, uh, I would also like to invite you to another talk that will be on April 8. I'll be talking exactly about uh, this, and there will be also many other um, 
students and, and professors who uh, will talk that day. So history of Slovenia. I'll just start with uh, Slovenian independence. Uh, Slovenia declared independence uh, on June 25th of 1991. Uh, there were many factors who played uh, a decisive role uh, for the success. Uh, it was a diplomatic game. Uh, it was uh, actually diplomats and politicians knew how to engage the media, how to engage the media correctly in order to uh, influence uh, the West for the support for uh, our independence. Uh, they were engaging mediators with good offices uh, the right way. Uh, so they were uh, talking pro-Slovenia in uh, all those meetings and uh, in general to receive uh, great international support. Uh, there was also another factor that played a decisive role. It was that Yugoslavia and the Yugoslavian army uh, were really surprised by uh, the fighting will of the Slovenian people. Uh, was it the territorial defense? Was it the uh, uh, police or the civil population who were really fighting for uh, Slovenia? Uh, because the people were driven by the collective memory of being actually oppressed throughout the history and, uh, or being at least under a hegemon and they realized that it was really the time to become uh, independent and a sovereign state. Uh, I'll move on and talk a little bit about the political system. Uh, Slovenia is a unitary uh, multi-party republic with two legislative houses. The National Assembly, uh, which has the most legislative authority, and the National Council, uh, which represents the economic and local interests. Uh, Slovenia's constitution was adopted in 1991 and established a parliamentary form of government. Uh, the president's role in Slovenia is uh, largely ceremonial. He serves as the head of state, uh, is commander-in-chief, and is elected for a five-year term, but can be elected only for, uh, or can serve two consecutive, uh, consecutive terms uh, time. Uh, the head of government is the prime minister. He's normally the leader of the majority party uh, in the National Assembly. Currently, the prime minister is Miro Cerar. He's the 10th prime minister of Slovenia, and uh, he serves the role since September 18, 2014. Uh, by the time of his appo appointment, he had no political background uh, and was relatively new uh, to the politics. Uh, he leads the centrist, centrist left, uh, kind of like social liberalism orientated uh, modern center party that was formally uh, named the party of Miro Cerar. Um, when I was before talking about uh, multi, uh, Slovenia as a multi-party uh, government is especially uh, in Europe, uh, most of the governments have many uh, parties who uh, all have at least a small chance to come to the uh, parliament of the European capitals. Uh, his party also reached an all-time high when they were securing 36 out of the 19 seats in the National Assembly, um, whereby from the 90 seats, two seats are reserved for the minority of the um, Italian and uh, Hungarian uh, people in Slovenia. Uh, voters especially, or 
probably voted for him because they thought he's a fresh face, a new person uh, who is not overloaded with the politics uh, of the past. Uh, the president of Slovenia is uh, Borut Pahor. Uh, he's a career politician uh, who has been president since December 2012. He has also been prime minister uh, from November 2008 to February 2012. Uh, when he lost uh, confidence vote because of the economic crisis and uh, the political tensions. Uh, he also served as, uh, the social, uh, as the head or the president of the Social Democratic Party and was also a member of uh, the National Assembly and a member of the European uh, Parliament. He's currently independent, uh, so <coughs> he officially doesn't belong to any party. And he will run for president uh, again this year uh, the elections probably held in December. Uh, I'd just like to talk a little bit now about the political situation and development in Slovenia. So, in, uh, first in general, uh, structural reform uh, in Slovenia has been uneven. Uh, institutional weakness continue to undermine prospects for long-term development. Uh, Corruption remains one of the top problems, uh, problems in Slovenia. Is it in political parties, parliament, or private sector, in the private business? Um, there's a high degree of trade freedom, but uh, tariffs are low, because tariffs are low. But the problem is that economic gains from trade are undercut by the lack of progr uh, progress in the financial and investment area. Um, enforcement of private and property law uh, is slow, but improvements uh, have happened. Uh, the judicial system is sound and transparent, but comparatively inefficient and inadequately served. Um, so in uh, the income tax, I will talk a little bit about the taxes in, in Slovenia and also in Europe in general, because there is a big difference between taxation in uh, Slovenia and the US. Uh, for example, the top individual income tax in Slovenia is about 50% and the corporate tax 17%. Uh, the value added tax, which probably could be the same as the sales tax in the US, is 22% and 9.5% for uh, reduced services and uh, goods. Uh, why, why I'm bringing up uh, the taxes is especially because this is in a way blocking uh, foreign investments in Slovenia. Uh, what is furthermore blocking foreign investments in Slovenia is the time-consuming requirements reduced to uh, regulatory system efficiency. Uh, it takes an extremely long time before somebody can open a business. But of course, things have improved and are still improving. Uh, to minimize public spending, the government is privatizing several uh, state-run companies uh, with what will still take a lot of time, uh, but, uh, is in a big, but there is a big progress. Uh, I said the biggest problem in Slovenia is the extremely high amount of government regulations, uh, uh, so the investments and, and businesses uh, cannot start easily in Slovenia. Uh, the uh, size of the government is, 
I would probably have to say huge in comparison to the free economy. Uh, the Heritage Foundation is ranking Slovenia among the more, um, actually in the lowest third of uh, free states uh, according to the uh, size of the government and are considered mostly unfree. And Slovenia is considered mostly unfree. Uh, of course, still there uh, we have to do a little comparison to other uh, post-communist states. Uh, Slovenia in uh, that matter is extremely, maybe not extremely, but is ahead of them. Still, uh, because Slovenia was mostly uh, Western-orientated already, or also in Yugoslavia, uh, what can be seen now in uh, the improvements uh, in the political, economical uh, system of Slovenia. Uh, the situation of the current government. Uh, currently, it is that uh, there are two breaking points in the Slovenian government. Uh, it's the control over the state-owned companies and the healthcare reform. Uh, Prime Minister Cedar is getting less and less support even from uh, his own party and ministers. Uh, even ministers and the National Assembly members from Prime Minister Cedar's party, uh, party often fight with each other on different topics. Uh, the current biggest issue is uh, the healthcare reform. Uh, so the Prime Minister's uh, modern center party is fighting about the healthcare reform or arguing uh, about the healthcare reform with, uh, with the Minister of Foreign Affairs party that's called uh, Democratic Party of Pension Pensioners of Slovenia. So uh, what you have in Slovenia and most of the European states, especially in a parliamentary system, is uh, that you have to build a coalition so uh, the prime ministers uh, or the, whoever is the head of the government, his uh, ministers are uh, not always from the same party, they are often from uh, the party that uh, builds the coalition. Uh, so the prime minister wanted the healthcare reform to be his legacy, uh, but as already said, he's fighting with uh, ministers and the parliament and also with different interest groups uh, representing doctors, nurses, and uh, insurance. Uh, currently about 60% of uh, voters even don't know if they're uh, gonna vote for uh, in the next year elections or uh, are even thinking to leave uh, the ballot ticket blank. This is actually currently very telling for uh, the Prime Minister as he's losing uh, a lot of voters and probably will not be Prime Minister uh, next year. Uh, again, it's hard to say, but uh, this, as the situation currently is, I don't see him uh, or his party uh, winning the next uh, elections. Uh, so why, why actually are all those problems uh, in Slovenia happening? Uh, but please don't get me wrong, it's not only problems. The improvement in Slovenia is uh, enormous in comparison, as I already said, to other uh, countries. Uh, but what Slovenia really has to focus on is uh, a switch of generation. A switch of generation is a switch of generation in the politics, is a switch of generation where people were educated after the Western curricula, where people were uh, 
not only educated in the Western curricula, uh, curricula but also where the professors uh, are uh, pro-Western curricula. And as long as those changes don't happen, uh, still a lot of members of the government uh, will be actually post-communist or actually socialist, if you will. Uh, okay, before I move to uh, Slovenia and to the NATO involvement, uh, I will first talk about uh, the Russian national security doctrine, the history and now, especially because that way we can understand uh, why NATO and the US is needed to uh, deter Russia. So historically, Russia played a unique role uh, in international affairs, uh, part as a balancer of power, uh, both in Asia and Europe, uh, but it contributed to the equilibrium of the international order actually fitfully. Uh, Russia started more wars than any other uh, contemporary uh, power, uh, but on the other hand, it also helped to uh, stop a domination of Europe by a single uh, power, um, Let's just think about Napoleon or, or Hitler. Uh, it was from Peter the Great to Vladimir Putin, circumstances have changed, but the rhythm of the politics stayed the same. Um, Russia's absolutism, its size, its global spanning, ambitions, and insecurity were always a challenge to the traditional European concept of international order uh, that was built on equilibrium and uh, restraint. Since the mid of the 17th century, uh, Russian foreign policy was to expand the state uh, in any direction. Until 1970, Russia expanded each year uh, of probably a size of a little bit bigger European uh, state, about 100,000 square kilometers. Uh, that's four times the size of Slovenia, for uh, example. Uh, Russia's need for expansion was probably also because Russia was not a very advanced country uh, in comparison to Western Europe, so it needed to gain uh, knowledge, uh, technology, um, actually aspects that were only in the West but not uh, in Russia, and often this is the same situation even today. Uh, Currently, the Russian uh, national security doctrine is to protect Russian-speaking people wherever uh, they may be. It's to restore the former Soviet political space. It's to have the sphere of influence on Europe as a whole. Uh, that doesn't necessarily include war, but especially uh, they want depend European dependence on Russian oil and uh, gas. Uh, they want to stop U.S. dominance in Europe and split up NATO, and they want to establish their own Euro-Asian axis. Uh, so far, uh, Russia has made the deep intelligence uh, gathering uh, in Europe, especially in the former Eastern Bloc, where they still have a lot of connections uh, with the uh, intelligence uh, services. Uh, they're buying private properties, uh, they're private corporations uh, in Europe, and the more corporations they own, the less sovereignty the state uh, actually has. Uh, they're also bribing government officials and uh, they do a lot of uh, military provocations with submarines and uh, military boats. Uh, about what's actually now the, the role of NATO and Slovenian troops. Uh, so 
NATO European countries and the US uh, currently or in the recent past didn't really do much uh, about uh, this problem. Uh, but we are currently facing a, uh, a crisis and Europe often does not see the problem or it depends too much on the US or whereby also the US is not often doing enough to support Europe. Uh, when we look at uh, the former Eastern Bloc or uh, let me say when we look at uh, Intermarium uh, or the Balkans including Slovenia, former uh, US government and the current US government uh, doesn't really care much about it. Only probably when it's going to be too late. But what does it mean if it's going to be too late? It's going to be too late uh, and then the war will start. Hopefully not, but it's a big possibility. Uh, NATO's uh, goals and strategic objectives have to be to deter war, to achieve peace, to preserve a stable nation, uh, national order, and to preserve freedom and democracy. Uh, NATO is a tool to defend Western civilization and Slovenia wants to help and play its part in defending the Western civilization because it is a part of the Western uh, world and Western orientated countries. So uh, therefore the Slovenian government uh, decided to participate in uh, NATO's enhanced forward presence in Latvia. Uh, Slovenia would, will send about 50 soldiers to participate uh, in uh, enhanced forward presence in Latvia uh, under the structures of NATO and it will also include other national uh, elements that will support uh, this mission uh, from about May 2017 onward. Uh, there will also be a possibility of troop rotation. Uh, the Slovenian military will participate mostly in peaceful activities which are seen as a mission for uh, providing and maintaining uh, battle resistance to support NATO's defensive and deterrence posture. Um, NATO, including Slovenia and including other NATO states, is actually late in uh, starting this uh, enhanced forward presence uh, in uh, Latvia, Estonia, uh, Poland, especially because uh, if we see how many troops are stationed there, it's uh, probably not going to be enough if there really is something going to happen. Uh, Russia can probably take over uh, the eastern, uh, the, pardon, pardon me, the Baltic states uh, in four days or even less. And if NATO is not prepared or uh, reacts fast enough, that can actually uh, happen. So uh, the reason, general, in general, the reason for Slovenian participation, uh, politics and politicians always have to ask themselves uh, how does power relations of their country or my own country uh, change if there is a decision uh, to make. So what will this decision uh, change? Uh, will it be beneficial for uh, the country and will it be beneficial uh, maybe also for others? Uh, so NATO and Slovenia uh, can benefit from each other, especially Slovenia will pay its share for protection. It's currently, a lot of times I get uh, people to ask me, but there is no chance uh, Slovenia will, uh, somebody will try to attack Slovenia. Yes, I don't, I don't see it uh, happening, 
but the possibility is always there. there. However, the uh, bigger problem or the bigger solution, the bigger picture is saving the Western civilization in comparison to uh, the Eastern uh, Orthodoxy. So a lot of times uh, people talk about uh, nationalism, but the question is, or what we actually have to preserve is um, cultural nationalism. Uh, so, um, are there any questions? I can answer right now, please. Well, I can wait till the end. Though. So, uh, please. Ask right now too. So, um, so it sounds like what you're saying is um, Slovenia can contribute only a little bit to deterring Russia from interfering in politics, and principally, its contribution would be towards defending. Uh, the West, Western culture, Western civilization, mm -hmm. things like that. And you said that's different from, um, you mentioned nationalism in there, and so I wanted to ask you, what, is there a relationship in Slovenia between Slovenia and nationalism? Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually talking here about cultural nationalism. So cultural nationalism, including, I mean, Western civilization by, by cultural nationalism. Please. So, uh, I, when I was talking about uh, the Prime Minister is fighting, Prime Minister is, uh, maybe I mentioned that he's fighting for the uh, health reform. Uh, uh, because this health reform is uh, his, wants to be his legacy. Uh, but uh, now, what was the question with uh, NATO? So, has that been an influence uh, on the legacy of the political decision making in, in the using of the troops regarding the security? Uh, I mean, any way yes, yes. Yes, uh, I mean, every decision, every decision uh, has some influence on uh, another decision. Uh, because uh, f uh, you, have, you have the problems with the coalition, you have the problems with the opposition. So uh, what I, I'm not talking now about Slovenia, but I'm talking also in general. Well, the, pro the problem you have if uh, you want to uh, move forward with a political act, uh, somebody else can, uh, just try not to support you to um, get his will or to be just to be opposed to you. But uh, if you're asking about uh, if, the vote, uh, if this has influence to the, uh, on the voters uh, in Slovenia, uh, it has, but it has, uh, I think, in general, a lot of people or uh, at least uh, questionnaires that were out in uh, that were made by, by institutions suggest that uh, especially the working class is opposed uh, Cerar. Uh, I remember the, the story was uh, the port of Koper uh, where he was uh, saying, or at least it was seen by the voters as he would be implying that who are uh, these workers that uh, I would 
talk with them uh, to solve their problems. This kind of makes sense, or does it answer your question? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, because uh, decisions, decisions in the internal uh, internal policy, so in the uh, domestic policy, uh, always influence or play a role in the foreign policy, uh, because it depends what you do at home. How you are expected? Uh, how do you? Uh, how are you seen abroad? does Russia have influence in Slovenian politics? Is there a, a politician or a party that has close relations with the Kremlin that's known within Slovenia and within the West? Uh, I mean, the, certainly there is, there, Russia tries to, to make influence everywhere. However, the Russian interest in Slovenia currently isn't uh, a big one. So, uh, I don't think there is really a close connection between uh, Russia and uh, the government—not uh, the government, but uh, between uh, political uh, parties in Slovenia. Uh, but on the other hand, of course, there is at least some influence or big influence on interest groups uh, because Slovenia trades a lot uh, with Russia. It's one of the, the biggest trading partners especially exports from Slovenia to Russia. Okay, then thank you very much. If there are no further questions, uh, I'll still stay here for a little bit, so if anybody wants to talk, uh, I'm available. But thank you very much. Sending of troops to the Baltic state was somewhat politically controversial domestically. Uh, could, could you say more about that? Uh, it was, you mean in Slovenia or exactly. in general? Exactly. In Slovenia, in Slovenia especially, the public is uh, extremely opposed to NATO. Uh, the public sees. Uh, a lot of times uh, you can hear in Slovenia that somebody is saying that uh, Russia is not a threat, especially it's not a threat because uh, they're our brothers, they're our Slavic brothers. And uh, the public thinks that... Uh, Even without the orthodoxy connection that they have to Serbia. What do you mean exactly by... by uh, so Russian connection with, uh, with, with Serbia or Slovenian connection with Serbia? Russia, I, I mean, Russia and Serbia have Orthodox Christianity in common, whereas Slovenia right. is, is a Catholic country. Mostly Catholic, yeah, mostly Catholic, but also a lot of uh, uh, people who are undecided. So the question would be if, uh, because of these connections, they, uh, Russia sees Slovenia as an ally, or? Well, I, I would expect Slovenia to be less close to Russia than, than, than Serbia because of that history? Uh, from a historical point of view, uh, Russia and uh, Serbia have much more in common than, than Slovenia and Russia or Slovenia and Serbia. Uh, there is 
there's the different aspect that Slovenia and Serbia, it was a common country. Of course, there are ties, there are uh, not only political ties, there are uh, especially uh, ties with a marriage uh, that are connecting Serbia and, and Slovenia. Uh, but uh, culturally and historically, uh, Slovenia and Serbia and Slovenia and Russia are different. No, no, no. That Absolutely not. The idea was the democratization process, you know, to bring countries on your side that actually even before maybe were already on that side. Oh, so we also have to take this kind of uh, aspect into, into consideration. And being present in the Baltics is actually a powerful message from Slovenia that we are a part of this uh, NATO coalition and NATO values in the end. And it is sort of also an answer to those critics who say you're too close to Russia. No, I don't think that we are. No. We're just trying to have relation to everybody. And believe me, in every meeting with the Russians, we do say that the initiation of Crimea was wrong. We do say that their engagement in, in Eastern Ukraine was wrong. So to, just, just to make clear that, it's not, that there's no political or Slavic relation to Russia. We really cherish and have values, Western values. Uh, I believe me that everybody would rather have an iPhone than, you know, have some product from, from Russia, please. So, just to make it clear. Yeah, no, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. That's, that's exactly what I, what, I, what I was trying to say. So, thank you for the added value. For reinforce what, what's in connection with your title. Uh, yeah. Yes. 
Yes, it is. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, this is also why, why uh, the new Alien Act in Slovenia uh, played a major role between uh, the coalition and the opposition. Also inside the, the coalition in Slovenia uh, was exactly because of the migrant crisis that's a security uh, issue for Slovenia. <laughs> always, always. I absolutely agree with you, sir. But thank you for that value. Appreciate it. Has there been a rise in, in populist far-right sentiment because of the immigration? Uh, no, I, w I, I, I wouldn't say so. That there is uh, um, in political parties. Uh, I mean, of course. Like in every country, you see uh, people who are extremely opposed uh, to immigration, and uh, especially problematic is the social media. But in Slovenia directly, or the political system, or the parties, those parties don't have now uh, more power than they had before. Would you agree with me, or? Yeah, of course. I, I mean, uh, we had like, uh, like 10 years ago, we had I mean, the only probably difference is when, when we're talking about uh, Democratic and Republican parties that uh, parties in Slovenia are much more, or in general in Europe, orientated to um, liberal socialism, uh, democratic socialism, uh, what has a lot to do with the uh, Frankfurt School. Uh, that was actually in the past uh, brought by Adorno to the US and then from the US uh, back to Europe and both on Europe uh, after uh, World War II. Yes, absolutely. Everybody's invited. <laughs> uh, there was another question, I think. 
Slovenia taken in uh, any significant number of, of refugees? Uh, I wouldn't know the exact number right now. Uh, it is, especially for Slovenian, uh, for Slovenia, it's a big number. If we say in total, I don't know if maybe you have the exact number, but in total, if for a U.S., it's a small number. But in relation to the population of Slovenia, it's absolutely a big number. And would it be mostly people from uh, from the Near East, uh, or would there be some people from from uh, from, from North and from Sub-Saharan Africa? I mean, uh, the last migrant, the problem of the last migrant crisis was anyway that uh, there were not, all of the people were not really refugees. Uh, yeah. A lot of people uh, took this as an opportunity for a migrant crisis, uh, actually for migration, pardon me, for migration. And uh, it was a lot of times an economic migration. So. Uh, I, again, I don't have the exact numbers, but uh, there is absolutely a mixture of people from all those countries that came through Slovenia, went especially to Germany, other European countries, uh, and a certain amount of them, of course, stayed in Slovenia. Yeah, they by themselves. We are part of the Schengen system. There is no uh, control on border between Austria, Italy, Slovenia, and so on. So they just can pass. But most of them do not wish to stay because they have families in, in Germany and, and, and uh, Netherlands and so on. Yeah. They also see. Yes. We are not a target state, and even if the EU doesn't decide to reallocate, the Slovenian government decides to accept those terms and reversal, they do. Yeah, especially the, the refugees see, see uh, more opportunity in Germany than they see in Slovenia. But the history of Slovenia and accept the refugees is huge because in the wars of in the Balkans, mm -hmm. uh, we integrated uh, several, uh, I mean like 50, 60,000 uh, people from the former Yugoslavia who moved to Slovenia and settled, integrated and a part of our, our community now, uh, citizenship, uh, citizenship and lived by Slovenia. You know, so it, it, it shows Any more questions? Thank you very much.